What's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie? Yes. Is Scream. Really? I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to know what mine is? What is? Showgirls. Get out of here. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Rude. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder. Thank you for joining us today. I'm here, as always, with my ray of sunshine mixed with a little bit of hurricane, my husband, David Rossetti. <laughs> How dare you? I'm not sunshine and a hurricane. Oh, that is me. Actually, that's pretty accurate. I mean, that's me as well. <laughs> I so will say it's that. It's like, hello. Especially when I'm cooking. It's Aww, a hurricane. you're beautiful. It's a ray of sunshine, cook. but I it's a hurricane it. by the end of it. Sweet, sweet man. Ha, hey, babe. Hey, how, how, how are we doing here in this pandemic? How are pandemic? we doing here? Pandemic age. Today was not a lovely day Today for us. Today was not a good day. <laughs> but uh, we are in a pressure cooker called Life that yeah. is wrapped in a We're pandemic vegan burrito. Yeah. <laughs> Just You don't like it? That's okay. It's, Put some vegan butter on it. Put some vegan butter on it. <laughs> In a vegan burrito of Put life. Put some vegan butter on it. That's okay. Uh, but hey, we do have some news, y'all. We are what? We are under contract. Oh, yes, we are. We are under contract for a condo. Yes. So uh, a big piece of the puzzle of us kind of like relocating to Atlanta mm-hmm. is here, mm-hmm. or at least we are in the midst of it. Um had our first, you know, appraisal and inspection. All those and, things, all those yeah, things. But I mean, so listen, it's our first but, home. Yep. That's all we're going to say about it because we don't, don't want to jinx, jinx anything. It. Hey, don't we're feeling really it. happy. We love our... Anything can happen. We love our realtor. We love our realtor. Uh, shout out to Olivia. Olivia, we love her to pieces. Olivia Sloan Co. Yeah, she is the best. The Sloan um, Co. Real Estate. She's the best. But yeah, we just wanted to like say that quick because, you know, like rough days, depression, all those things we're dealing it's gonna with. It's going to happen. And uh, this is a little light for us in 2020. So it, it, it is a, a little life spark for us. And we've been struggling as a team since we moved to NYC from NYC to Atlanta and with the weight of the world plus, you know, just everything. Yeah. Was, if you guys think of it, like, Send us a send us a little uh, sunshine. Yeah, send us a send little us some send a little ray of sunshine. Rays. Try to find something in your day that made you smile, made you laugh. Um, I think the more we kind of like share those moments and have those moments and really take them in. Um, can be helpful. Yeah, help so. shift our perspective. Another little ray of light in all of this was our sweet little baby Share, boy. Share, tag had, us, whatever. Yeah, our sweet little baby boy that we adopted, Mr. Benson, mm. when Corona starts. So look at we we got he's a our, contract in an account. We he's ca- our Corona canine. Our Corona canine. He's our baby. He's our baby. Our baby. So hey, yeah, uh, I'm super proud of us on different levels, and I know we're all struggling with perspective and reframing, so we can just get out of the gosh darn bed every day. So hey, that's yeah. a couple good things that have happened to us let us know a couple good things that have happened to you why not especially as november 3rd nears right yeah i think we're all very stressed about that as well so but hey it's good another good thing we voted last week yep look at that 
we absentee, did it. we turned it in. That kind of felt good. I've already gotten my. Did you get your notice? No, but I'll check. I got my I'm notice. Sure if you that did, said, I did. Like we, it was counted, so that uh, kind of felt cool. Verification. You've been counted. You got and done. Did it. So y'all, if you haven't yet, get out and vote. If you struggle on finding out when, where, why, there are lots of great sites dedicated to tell you exactly that. I go to one called Plant Your Vote. Yeah, yeah. PlantYourVote.com was started by Carla Hall and Chef Spike Mendelson. That's right. It will fill you in on all you need to know and get you where you need to vote. Speaking of filling you in, we have a cookbook goddess in our presence oh, for this yes. episode. Uh, I mean, of mythic proportions, yes. Terry Hope Romero, the one and the only. I was so thrilled she took the time to chat and she just makes me chuckle. Such a fun personality. And hey, this was recorded a while back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the quality isn't the best, and by that I mean Dustin uh, hits the microphone <laughs> quite a lot. He that was a, a big learning curve for him. But um, hey, but we try to edit it out so you won't. I'm very drive you gesticular. Yes, he talks with his hands. Yes. Um. So we'll just. I've now tied his hands behind his back. So. Yeah, so I yeah. can't touch the mic. It, 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 he's made it childproof for me. Uh, I, I, but I love the beginning of this episode. Terry and I just show our age talking about phone books and Columbia House and encyclopedias. Did you uh, ever do Columbia House, babe? 100%. And I got in so <laughs> much trouble because I just would not pay attention to the subscription. I didn't either. Would, I just thought I was getting free cassettes in the That's mail. what every kid thought. Yeah. Every kid that got that was like, this is Awesome. Yeah, it was this like, great. is free. This and then really my mom's fantastic. like, what is this bill for $39? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. These are free CDs. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we talk about Columbia House and we also talk about the pandemic. Uh, like the end might be near at one point, the end of the pandemic, or I allude to maybe it will be over soon or something. So apologies, please ignore. Clearly, that was yeah. uh, recorded a while ago. Yeah. Mm. Hindsight is 2020. Um, so, um, who is Terry Hope Romero, Dustin? Yes, for those of you who might be hearing this name for the first time, though you may likely have one of her cookbooks on your shelf, Terry Hope Romero is co-author with Issa Chandra Moskowitz of the best-selling vegan cookbooks, Veganomicon, Vegan Cupcakes, Take Over the World, Vegan Cookies, Invade Your Cookies, Cookie Jar, Vegan, I'm gonna take, um, Vegan Cookies Invade Your Cookie Jar, and Vegan Pie in the Sky. Together, uh, Isa and Terry won Veg News's Best Vegan Cookbook uh, Authors Award three years in a row. That's right now, Zoinks. honey. Yes, zoinks, three years in a row. Terry is also a columnist for Veg News, Hot Urban Eats, and has made appearances and led seminars at vegetarian food conferences across North America. She and Isa hosted the public access vegan cooking show, The Post Punk Kitchen, and were featured in the New York Times and National Public Radio. And she's also a professional designer. Terry loves art, illustration, fashion, gaming, comic books, dancing, writing, reading, and yoga. And I just want to add arithmetic to that because it sounds sure. like it will end it up right very nicely. Listen, Terry lives, cooks, and eats in NYC. And right now, she talks to us on Keep On Cooking. This is Terry Hope Romero. Hey, I'm here with Terry Hope Romero. Terry, thank you for joining me tonight. Hello, Dustin. Hello. Um, I've got your icebreaker question ready to go. And yes. So my question for you is, what is the worst job you ever had? Okay. Uh, do you want it food related or just like total complete crapola job? Ooh, uh, I kind of want both. Can I have both? Why not? For you? Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much. They are both like my, the, the first crappy job um, that comes to mind is like one of those like 
straight out of straight in high school jobs where like it was a friend of a friend that was like, Hey, you'll make $7 an hour doing phone calls. (laughs) And, you know, and I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm pretty fucking clueless at that point. And so, um, it was like me and like five other kids in this room with like this kind of greasy 30 year old guy. And, you know, at that time it was like, he had a ponytail and cowboy boots as they always do. And, and he, and like, we're all around this one table and there's a bunch of phones like dial phones, kids, just in case you're wondering. Um, and like a, like a phone book or two. And Phone um, book? What's that? I know. I know. This is going to get terrifying. People are going to have to do some really serious like like searches just to find out what I'm talking about by dial phones and phone books. It's a phone and book it's gonna get Google it. You know, it's going to get even weirder. So, um, so our mission was like for the miserable time that we were there was to call up people in the phone book and get them really like on board with someone to drive to their house with a van full of CDs of music CDs. What, what are those? Again, you're gonna have to look it up and, and, and kind of like knock on their door and show them this whole like cat, this whole like uh, display of CDs. I don't even know what they were in. If it was like a big folder of them or boxes and, and basically sell them CDs. And this, so we had to get them really excited about some, some random person showing up. This sounds like, this sounds like another version of Columbia House. Do you remember Columbia House? Yeah, but this is more terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Your house. It's like, let <laughs> me your... bring Columbia House to your door. Right. And we don't know who this is and why and what they're going to give you, but they're going to show up. And you and you're gonna buy stuff from them. Wow. So and I remember and 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 calling doing cold calls is like you're calling people and like you know the person is like dead or it's a, a four year old. Oh my gosh! Did you have a script you went off of? You you very probably, strict script. Yes, yes. Probably and like and like of course like the the greasy ponytail guy would lean over the girls. Oof. Just to make sure they were, you know, following the script. It was awful. Oh, it was terrible. so bad. So bad I never went and got my paycheck. I oh. did one day of it. And and then my friends were like, hey, we didn't see you come back. And I was like, nope. And you were kind of like, <laughs> and you went back? Like, are you okay? <laughs> you're right. Is there, do they know something about you? And then you're also like, but can you grab my check for me the next time you go? Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I even got that far. I was like, just, I really want nothing, nothing to do Oh my with goodness. This. So well, that's one one fun job that you can you probably can't get anymore. Oh, I can't imagine. No, uh, I don't even know if. Speaking of Columbia House, when I brought up that connection, does that even exist? I would guess not, because CDs are pretty much I non-existent. Know. I would imagine. For all y'all out there, listeners, youngins, Google that. We've got we brought up a lot of great things for you. Phone books. We right. brought up uh, Columbia House. Just Google it. Nice little history lesson. What was your worst yep. food job that you had? Worst your... food job is not vegan at all. And it was like, but it, this was like, I had moved back from New York City back to uh, where I grew up in Connecticut. Okay. And for like a summer, it was like the saddest summer. I was really like, kind of, <laughs> of course, right? Like, saddest living back home with the folks needed a job. But I specifically was like, okay, I need to get a restaurant job. I need to know what it's like to work in a restaurant. And there were not a lot of options in Connecticut. And this one I got connected to via the the weird little cooking like degree 
school, a program I went to. I don't even know if it exists anymore. <laughs> I, I feel like I saw air quotes when you just said program. I don't, it was six months. I don't okay. know what you call that. Okay. You know, I don't know. It was a thing I did because like I needed, I really desperately wanted some training and, you know, like being a chef and it was the only thing. And then they had a jobs board and I was like, okay, great. I'll get a restaurant job and I'll really get into it and see what it's like. And it was a terrible terrible restaurant it was a super pretentious wannabe like new orleans brunchy thing uh, in yeah. like this really snobby connecticut town and somewhere in avon and it was like and like they served overpriced brunch you know and like every day i don't know what i don't know why because i i managed to work there three or four times a week and i was the prep cook i was like the early early first crack of before the crack of dawn sure I would drive there at like 4.30 in the morning and I would prepare everything in a shed in the back of the restaurant. Oh it wasn't even connected to the restaurant. It was like this like shack that was like a good like 15, 20 feet away from the actual restaurant and it had no heat and this was like the dead of winter. My so it was goodness. like pitch black when I was driving there, you know, through golf courts, you know, like through these like lanes, through golf courses. I actually got a ticket because I was apparently speeding going 40 miles an hour at a crossing that was like a 25 oh mile per hour. And like, there was this lone cop that was like, like, I guess was, you know, I don't know, like posting and posted sure. there to, to grab people who happened to be driving at 4am <laughs> to go open their terrible brunch places. Oh, those people like before long before the, the, the actual golf course is going to be open. So oh my gosh. I would show up, there would be no heat in this tiny shack. So I'd have to turn on the big, big oven and make biscuits out of like, like with a mix, like this, like generic bisquick. And I, and like, I would like, the first uh, thing I'd have to do is make these stupid biscuits for the brunch. And I, if I didn't do it, I'd freeze to death. So sure. there was some good incentive there. Like put the mix out, put the crap in there. Um, and, and that was not even like the start of how gross it was probably the worst thing I had to make for their brunch menu. And I really hope they still, if I knew what they, what their name was, I hope they get a health code violation for this. Sure. I had, there was like a giant standing mixer. One of those, like, you know, can mix like, you know, a yep. hundred gallons of dough. Sure. So their idea like that, like the head chef's like brilliant move to like expedite, you know, the cracking of like, I don't know, like 12 dozen eggs or, you know, 24 dozen eggs every day was Ugh. to dump all the eggs into the mixer, shells and all, uh-huh. run it, run it. And just like, so it crushed everything into this horrible slurry oh and then gosh. strain it and then strain it. And so I, I did this, I'm straining the egg goo that goes into like the French toast mix and, the, and like the scrambled eggs. And I'm thinking <gasps> like, this is fucked up that's crazy <laughs> do do non-vegan restaurants do that with eggs is that like an actual thing or was yours just particularly shady i've never looked into it but that is some shady shit that's um crazy so yeah another reason why restaurants like non-vegan ones especially it just it's just evil so yeah. i i did that for like maybe like a month were you vegan like, there were you vegan uh, when you were there? I was vegetarian, but mostly okay. vegan. Like okay. this was this was so long ago. Sure. Like you know, like and like kind of again, like like I really this this kind of drove me to the edge of like okay, <laughs> times were really. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to eat eggs, but seeing this and yeah. seeing literally like this is what this restaurant is doing, and how God knows what other restaurants are doing this. That's like, crazy. Stop doing this. 
right? And there were other horror that the food was t- disgusting. And um, I just like cranked out all the stuff for the prep chef. I basically, I was a prep chef. So this is for the line cook. Sure. So, you know, making all the, all the garbage that they, I'm sure that they priced like overpriced for later on. So that was a terrible job. How long did you stay there? <laughs> I think a month or two. Okay. Maybe. Okay. You're I don't out. Know. I, okay. I, I was like, I, I got to learn how to like how restaurants work. And after a month of that, I was like, oh. You're like, I've seen enough in this shed. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've got to move back to New York no matter what it takes. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was trying so, to think of what yeah. my first, um, as I asked this, I was like, what were mine? Oh, well, I guess worst job. The worst job. Worst. I had the, the food for the first actual job I ever had. I got hired at Kentucky Fried Chicken and (laughs) and I I got it because like my sister's friend was a manager or something and I was like yeah sure and I went (laughs) into like this um, orientation that was in like a trailer and there was just a woman smoking <laughs> and she was like here watch these videos and I watched all these videos right. on safety as the place was clouded with smoke then I went to my first day mm-hmm. and I literally walked into Kentucky Fried Chicken and I was like nope I'm out and I didn't even I did not entertain it after I walked in that door so uh, that was my first disgusting food job and then my the worst job that I actually stayed at for a while was I worked at um a dollar general. It was, it was dark times and I just, I needed a job and I got, <laughs> yeah. it's just so boring. Cause I mean, what happens at a dollar store? There's lots of <laughs> things for a dollar and you're at a cash register. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for my, my, my personality. I was a little too lively for that situation. Right. How dare you have a personality right. as a cashier? How dare. Um, well, it's great to chat with you. And I, I have to just like, first and foremost, say thank you. You've always been so generous with me, starting with even like my Kickstarters when I did those for the vegan roadie. And um, you like met me in Brooklyn once for coffee and like gave me like straight up advice on fundraising. It was super sweet. You've donated books to fundraisers I've done. You've always been so great. Um, and I just really appreciate you. And thank you, of course, for taking the time tonight, too. It really means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. And we've got before uh, we get into your extensive library of books, let's take it back from you to the beginning or the beginning, one might say. Where did you grow up in sort of uh, when did cooking come into it? Was it part of your childhood or did it come in later? Well, I think I, I was always interested in food. You know, like even even well before that terrible food job we just right. talked about. <laughs> and it didn't um, ruin you on that either. So that's great. That's good. Right, too. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, there are plenty of terrible places to go to in food, but they're, you know, but they're good ones too. And I think I was just a kid that was always interested in food, cooking, health, nutrition. Sure. Uh, which is also, I guess, kind of was pretty weird for a kid in the 80s, um, like living not in a city or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, I think my, my parents entertained this, so they let me cook. They let me, like, pick out groceries when we go grocery shopping. Well, and were um, either of them, were they cooks at all? Did they cook with you? Or was this sort of like, a, oh, she's taking the range, she's going to cook for the family. Thank goodness. Yeah, a little bit of both. Okay, like, my okay. dad, my da- you know, like, they worked all the time. So there really, like, wasn't, like, a ton of cooking that happened. But there also was, like, my dad would get into things, you know, like he'd be like, I want to learn how to make French bread. And like cool. randomly, he just read up a bunch of stuff and start baking French bread, you know, or sure. we're going to learn how to like make sushi or let's go, let's go to like the, the really cool, like Asian supermarket. Um, that's nice. like, you know, good half an hour drive and just look at food and look at, look yeah. at ingredients and walk down the aisles. And, you know, and, and my mom always had like, like stacks and stacks of like 
Woman's Day <laughs> good house. Sure, with recipes galore. All the recipes. There are always strange cookbooks that would show up in the house. Like, you know, and I brought some home recently. Like, I, like I, I feel like when it was forever ago when I lost some, I saw my folks. But like, you know, like the sourdough cookbook and like, or like, you know, like the cabbage diet, the cabbage sure. soup diet, like yep. weird books they would pick up. And I would just like, hey, kids, this is long before the internet. So, um, <laughs> so this is what I did. I would just kind of start reading the strange cookbooks and magazines that were lying around the house. And I, and they, and they pretty much were like, encourage me to go ahead and try cooking. That's great. So. I was going to say when you're, you said you you used French bread as an example, you, you said, well, my dad would like research and I'm like, did he look in a encyclopedia? Ding. That's another <laughs> word, kids. Look it up. The whole big thing of encyclopedias. Yeah. Again, pre-internet dad. So, uh, was that, or like hanging out in Barnes and Noble and look, for ah, the yeah. baking the baking like this is when people went to bookstores too oh, god this oh. is like the old people show imagine like, i know like- we're just going for it though <laughs> i'm kind of loving our no apologetic <laughs> approach to it we're like this is what this is guys yeah this is how you do it like 35 years ago so yeah <laughs> so so, so yeah, he would go and like browse like the, the baking section at like, you know, at the local Barnes and Noble or whatever and, and pick up like the weird generic cookbooks, like the ones that weren't even sure. by actual authors, but right. like they were like in the discount bin and yep. like by called like bread. Yep. And no and, author and, credited, just like a book on bread. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and here it is and it's got some nice photos and, and that's it. So there always were some of those around. So I had and, a lot of fun. And were you vegetarian then always as a kid? Or did you what like what point did you go vegetarian and then vegan? When did that all happen for you? Oh, man, no, no. My parents were definitely and still are not at all close sure. to vegetarian. So mine, mine, so, too, mine too. Yep. Yep. And so that was kind of a, a I think as a kid, I you know, slowly as I kind of approached that preteen stage, I got really interested in health. And, and I, you know, and like back then it was all about like no fat and oat bran, you know, like (laughs) the ideas of what healthy food were, were kind of different than they are now. Um, so I read a lot and I got more interested And the more I kind of dove into these things, the more I started learning about, you know, how bad meat is and how, you know, and about like, wow, you can actually live without eating meat. It's called being a vegetarian. And and I found somehow diet for a small planet. Okay. Um, like that book somehow and Vegetarian Times, which has been around for uh, I don't even know how. Yeah, long. that has been around forever. But what's the other one? Diet for a small planet. That's a book yeah. I've never actually. Yeah, even Francis Moore LePay. I could okay. be screwing up the t- the name, but yeah, but she's like another old school stop eating meat and because it's bad for the planet. So that author was doing an initial connection between eating meat. And factory farming, um, and the in the and climate, you know, long yeah. decades before anyone would really be able to, you know, understand this or or express it, um, right. you know, right. on, a, on a on a mass scale. So so that stuff was around, and somehow it fell into my little hands, and I started reading that kind of stuff, and I was like, this is really interesting, and I started experimenting with like reducing meat, reducing meat, and finally, um, I think around the time I was fifteen, I kind of knew. I wanted to go vegetarian. Okay. And by the time I turned 16, I really went into it. Parents were not fans. <laughs> I got all kinds of lectures about how all the bad things that were going to happen to me oh, if man. they stopped eating, wow. eating meat. I know. 
And then, and, and, and I, but there were a couple of really rebellious teachers in my high school that were like kind of slipping a secret PETA stuff or bringing in like weird, like there's this stuff called Lumen, which was like TVP. Oh, like wow. Okay. Jerky, which is ancient, another ancient food that's been around. Oh, ancient, I've never heard ancient, of it. Ancient as in like from like the 60s or 70s. But and yeah. What's so, it called again? So sorry. It was called Lumen or Lumen. something. Lumen. I don't know. I need to, I, this is what I'm remembering. We had one really cool teacher who like, he was like the young, cool teacher who was also like vegan. Like, wow. Some, uh, I heard about that word even in high school, but I, I, I was like, what they're not even eating cheese or eggs what? Sure. like that was just like crazy so 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 yeah i was like pretty much through by the time i got to high school i was vegetarian and holy shit there were like like only like maybe a handful of other kids in my high school like that were that were that and we used to be harassed by I people bet. i bet <laughs> we were we got a lot of crap I remember that. the kids, yeah. in, anyone who was, because I was not vegetarian in high school at all. And I remember kids, anyone who was vegetarian was kind of like, what? And so where were you? This was in Connecticut where you were growing up? Yeah. Okay. Okay. In central Connecticut. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, my, my, par- my mom still asked me, well, actually she didn't this last year, but on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, up until a couple of years ago, she'd be like, so you'll help with the turkey, right? And I was like, I don't, I'm like, we're 10 years into this. I don't really know how else to like break it down for you that like, I'm not going to be helping in that department anymore, you know? Oh yeah. I've had plenty of those conversations and like, trust me, it's turned more into like my mom will now explain if we go out to eat, like she doesn't eat this. She starts explaining things to the, the, like the service person. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the service person i can't even say waiter or waitress now i don't even know what you're supposed to say but I yeah she'll start ex- that you say that she'll start explaining my diet to people and i'm like okay at Ugh. least she kind of she kind of she, she's trying to understand sure um, my, my mom said vision for a long time he's vision ooh. and i was like oh okay cool cool she, from, she, from vigia from vigia he's vision from vigia uh she has she says a lot of words her own way it's cute it's very cute we've embraced it over the years um well hey you're no stranger to the camera either listeners you can find plenty of great easy go-to recipes from terry on youtube and beyond from various food festival demos that have been posted guest spot you're like don't tell them that you can't find those no they're not up there uh you've got guest spots on web series of course and of course the two tv shows you've been most uh prominently featured on are post-punk kitchen and vegan mashup uh have you always been a natural when it comes to being on camera uh, maybe I'm kind of an attention hog sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I kind of like, it's been so long since I've done anything like that. I, I miss it. So yeah, I, hear you, um, I hear you. Were you like yeah. in drama or anything in high school? No, I was a nerd and I'm still a nerd. I'm still <laughs> basically the same person. Embrace um, it. I love it. Yeah, that. no, I was like basically your, your standard, like geeky Dungeons and Dragons nerd. Um, and I did try drama for a moment, but that it was too much. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. I got it. Listen, I'm from the drama world and it can be a lot of energy. A lot of drama. A lot of, it wasn't really, I know, I'm sorry. I went there. Not really, but like it was, it was too much for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. This is like in college early that like, I I was too shy even for that. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know, like getting, got the whole, like, there's no small roles, only small 
people monologue all the time. And I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to hang out with you people. Well, but you, you say shy. When was your first time in front of the camera then? Probably when with that, the very, the very first post-punk kitchen. Post-punk kitchen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't know what we were doing. And that first episode took like 14 hours to film. <laughs> it was like, painful um you know but 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 hey you know i mean this is like just figuring stuff out and by the way i want to go back to the vegan conversation that that was that was another thing that like um by the time i i I got to that first year in college i knew i wanted it um but i wasn't sure how to do it you know again like there really wasn't a lot of people being vegan and it didn't really really and i tried and i was like kind of getting into it but you know but there wasn't a lot of options but it really didn't kick until i moved to new york city um, okay. Okay. Ninety-five. That first time, and I actually, actually went to my first like actual vegetarian, right. mostly vegan restaurant. Do you remember what it was? So I think, whew, uh, actually, I'm going to take it back. My first vegetarian restaurants were in Venezuela when I was fourteen. Oh wow! Which is crazy because okay. there was nothing like that in in, <laughs> in Connecticut. Sure. But New York City was like I want to say it was either House of Vegetarian, which is this you know, long gone now, yep. many years, um, in Chinatown, uh, all vegan, you know, Chinese food. It was either that or something like, um, uh, oh my God. It's also, Dustin, what are you doing? You're making me recall ancient things that are long gone <laughs> on, on St. Mark's, but I'll remember it. It'll come, it'll come back. Well, I mean, I can ask you though, and this is like, it's a sore subject right now because y'all, I don't know when this is going to come up, but we are still in the middle of our pandemic. Um, And so I'm curious what's your, while we're on New York and restaurants though, if you can't recall that one, what's, what's been your current or current or in the last, you know, year, like a favorite one, a favorite vegan restaurant in New York? (sighs) You know, I mean, I think it's mostly vegan. Um, but it's definitely all vegetarian, but he does such a smack damn awesome job of superiority burger. Oh yeah, for like, sure. I mean it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's mostly vegan too. I think it's literally like 10% not when they put like cheese sauce on the special tater tots or something. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of funny. It's random. Um, but it is like everything I kind of need in a vegan restaurant, you know, like sure. it's, it's, it's like accessible, it's quick. uh, like Fun food, yep. um, interesting, creative, super flavorful, non-pretentious. Like you just go there, you show up, and you know, and it's just, it's just great. It's so yeah. funny. I when when they first opened and it was lines all the time. I was like, I will wait, and I did wait, and then I was <laughs> like, Gosh, why did I wait? I should have stood in line. Because um, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to stand in line for this, but it's okay. I ended up going, and then I went back several times. Um, yeah. Well, I think I read somewhere. Uh, that you're going to, and I might be making this up, but I swear I, my eyes scanned these words somewhere that you're going to pause mm-hmm. on books after this current book shows up for salad to focus on more video content. Is there truth to that or am I? There is some truth to that. Fantastic. Um, there is. I, I mean, there are definitely, I got to say that after cookbook number 10, I, I'm, I don't my really goodness. have a cookbook in me right now. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Um, and, and what's next? I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I sure. have to say like, uh, like when you do something like I really had a cookbook I needed to work on consistently, always, always a deadline for over a decade, probably around 11 years or maybe 12. Cause there's the, Oof. there's the lead time with books as you know, yep. which is like tremendous. 
So there's always been that. And I don't know what it's like right now to not, well, I've been trying to explore that. What does it mean not to have that 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 looming deadline. <laughs> it's I th- that must feel. I I hope for you that it feels very good. I just finished my third manuscript, and now we're going into the next phase of it all and everything. And I I mean, bless you on ten, David, my husband, and I. After this one, we were like, let, yeah. I think it's time to pause. Let's just pause, you know, so I can like. It's about that looming deadline. It's like there's always like a date then where you're like, no, I've got to get get this done and do this and do that. It's crazy. But as we're starting to shift into chatting about books, I'm curious. I always love to ask our guest what was. Do you recall your first vegan cookbook? The one, like the first vegan cookbook you cooked from? Wow. Okay. I think, I think, and again, this is, I still have it. It's either um, a photocopied and then bound in like a plastic binder yes. uh, copy of Soy Not Oi, which is kind of a now legendary ancient punk vegan cookbook amazing um from the 80 80s maybe or maybe early 90s oh my gosh and it's and and i bought it at um what was it like this kind of like punk venue uh, underground collective called abc no rio look at this kids you have so many things to look <laughs> up now google tonight and go down a rabbit hole you're oh welcome. my gosh the show notes are just going to be out of control on this the, yeah yeah so so this is like one of the first shows i went to there when i was like hanging out in new york i don't think i was even really living in new york yet but i knew i wanted to and i was going to this place because it was my dream to go to abc no rio reading it in this like punk uh magazine called maximum rock and roll um and i and i went there and i was looking through like this like there's this one guy, Neil, who had this like awesome table of, of merch, you know, uh, his distro was called Tribal War and it would have all kinds of records, you know, all, you know, seven inches, 12 inches, sure. you know, all the, all the, all the vinyl you'd, you'd ever want and need. But he also had like zines, you know, which is like an ancient, ancient vegan punk thing, zines. Um, and, and, and he had this, and I, I was like, I don't know what a this? zine is. What is a zine? Don't say that. You don't know what a zine is. Maybe don't. I do, and I don't know. Is it a book? It's like a homemade magazine that oh, the, the punks the punks used to do. They would like make yes, it like I literally. Know exactly. glue, okay. They would glue it together, like they'd like maybe type it out or draw it, and then they'd go and find a photocopier at like the at school or a library yep. or at their job. And they'd make a bunch of photocopies and staple together and then just like, you know, give it away. Aren't the kids doing a version of that these days? I'm sure. I feel like they are. Anyways, please. The ones that are into cassettes, I guess. I don't know. Like (laughs) the ones that like the handmade things. Yes. So, so this was the the, the best part is like for the longest time, I didn't realize this, this was a legit, like, like nice, like indie published book. Sure. And I actually got a bought, but like, like a bootleg copy of it. I love it. (laughs) And and the other one I've had forever and ever, and I don't know which one came first into my life, is called um, The New Farm Cookbook, which is the opposite in the sense it's a real book. It's published. Right. um, But it is like all that stuff. Uh, sort of, uh, it's, 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 it was, it was, it was like the recipe collection of this crazy vegan hippie collective. They were somewhere, I think, in in Virginia. I don't know where. And like they, they really did it all. They grew their own soybeans. They made their own tofu, tempeh, soy yogurt, like all the recipes have like nutritional yeast, every, like desserts probably have nutritional yeast. Like, wow, it is, and it is, and there's pictures of all these like, like long hair, like dashiki wearing 20 year old kids. 
Living in there. Life, hugging trees, loving all of it. Yes. It is a hysterical cookbook. I, I, I recommend finding it. It's like everything is like, but they really go crazy in there. They're like making their own Okara burgers. Oh, they go for it. <laughs> they, they, yeah, it is beyond DIY. So wow. those two books were like so interesting to me. Um, and I still have both my copies of them. Good. You should. Oh my goodness. I love that. What's the name of the, the one with the farm? Is it New Farm, you said? The New Farm cookbook, which suggests maybe there's an, uh, an original farm cookbook. I was going to say, and, and, uh, an older farm. <laughs> uh, yes, an original. And the, the cover has like, it's like this like really hippie drawing of like, a stack of like tofu and tempeh and like a <laughs> rainbow on it and, oh, yes. and like and like a like a like a bucolic farm pastoral setting and it, it, it's yeah it, it's got all it stories right in it I'm looking it yeah. up right now oh I see right now that cover yeah oh yeah <laughs> rainbow oh yes rainbow yep yes rainbow and burger the new farm vegetarian cookbook there's a wrap there's a bowl of beans oh all the things yes and oh, rainbow every- colored. yes everything you'd really need for your your vegan like for your vegan pride commune. celebration apparently they and were, that's too yep they, they got were, it all for you they were ready before before it was the well i guess it was it was the hip thing to do back then the rainbow. right and, and i'll note my favorite recipe i think uh liner notes there's two really good ones from soy not oi one is a, a story of like a guy making black bean chili and bringing it to a Black Sabbath concert oh my and really wanting to get backstage and give it to everyone in Black Sabbath, which is adorable. And then there's something else. There's like a biscuit recipe. And if, like they're saying, well, if the biscuits come out really hard, you can use them to throw it like the White House or something. <laughs> so there's well, some good stuff in there. We love those books. That is great. Oh my Practical goodness. tips well, for living. You've uh, authored and co-authored several many books. I think you just said 10, which is just a fantastic achievement. You were the co-author of Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World, one of my personal favorites, uh, Vegan Cookies Invade Your Cookie Jar, Vegan Pie in the Sky, and Veganomicon, all of which are just really great. The cookie cookie pie and cupcake books are, I say, necessities for anyone to have on hand as sort of a go-to for a a baking. Um, And I've used them many times. And Veganomicon is basically an encyclopedia. There's that word again. Uh, That has been serving new and seasoned vegans for over a decade now. Um, But then we move into your solo works there, which are also quite substantial. Um, What was your first solo book? Viva... Oh, wait. Yeah. Viva Vegan. Fantastic. Because in my mind, it's always called something else. What but... Did you have a different title in mind and it got named something else? The title yes. game is always fun. What was your original title for it? I think it was Vegan Latina. Okay. Um, and then again... That sounds is, sexier like... to me for some reason. I like them both. But you say <clears throat> Vegan Latina. I'm like, ooh la la. Yeah. But again, this is uh, when you work with publishers. I... Hence... Hence what happens. Yeah, it's um, that. You pick and choose your battles, change. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you're gorgeous on the cover, wearing a, a purple purple dress and looking off to the side and cutting cutting something. I don't have it on. That might be the only one of yours that I don't have, actually. Um, uh-huh. But uh, well, I'll have to get it. What made you, if that was, your, that was your first solo book, what made you decide to go down, focus on Latin cooking for your first solo book? Um, I, it was really on my mind, I guess, after, you know, really kind of getting into the, the kind of mindset of always thinking about recipes and thinking about developing recipes. And that's, that's what happens when you, I guess, maybe even 
Dustin, maybe after working on like even your first cookbook, were you always thinking about recipes? Like, geez, what if I made this? What if I did this? What if I, and it, you know, and my heritage is from Venezuela. Um, but I, I just am always been fascinated with ethnic cuisine and the different kinds and kind of getting down rabbit holes of researching and reading. And, you know, I was like, damn, I feel like this is something that I want to really explore. I really want to see, you know, what, what we can do with Latin American cooking and, you know, and, and the different kinds of flavors and personalities of, you know, the, you know, the cuisines that come from all the different, you know, Latin American countries. And, and part of this, I think was sort of my developing thesis about vegan cooking, which was like, meat is just meat. Right. It's it's like no matter what you do, like all over all over the world, you know, chicken is just chicken, pork is pork. Like, and what really brings out the the kind of the personality, the characteristics, the things you think about when you think about Mexican cuisine or Korean food or or you know Polish food or something? You think about all the things and the, that season it. You think about the herbs. You think about the vegetables. You think about the cooking techniques, even. And I really was like, you know what, this can happen. You know, I could, I want to veganize like a lot of the recipes I grew up with, the Venezuelan ones, but a lot of the other things that I, you know, I got to know, you know, by being in New York city, you know, like Mexican food and wow, Peruvian food's so interesting because it has like all these different influences, even, even like Japanese influences in it. And, and just kind of going down that rabbit hole and, and thinking about it and, and spending a lot of time in Queens uh, which is one of the most ethnically diverse places on the planet and, yes. and wandering into a lot of different markets like Colombian markets, Salvadoran markets, like things like that. I was like, I love these ingredients. You know, there's so many interesting, like different kinds of grains and herbs and vegetables. Um, why can't, why can't this food be vegan? Yeah. You know, why can't we do this? And it's funny because like, I got a lot of pushback from conversations I had with people um, some, some, some Latinos and some not <laughs> telling, and including my parents too, telling me, no, no, sure. it's all about meat. You, you can't, can't have Latin. That. Yeah. People think Latin American food is like, we got, it's all about giant portions of meat, which is really not quite accurate, you know? And, 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 and I just was like, well, what if we took tofu and, you know, seasoned it like this and, and seitan making. And I really wanted to figure out like, Hey, how can we do seitan? you know, a little easier than the big boiling pot of sure. seitan, you know, and, and everyone loves tacos, obviously there's plenty of room to there, there, but what about empanadas? I grew up with all kinds of empanadas, you know, and, and tamales, which I, I, you know, was like, well, looking at this, we can do this vegan. So the challenge was there. And I think this is the thing that's driven me through a lot of, uh, a lot of the books and recipe development and writing over the years with food is I just kind of really love the challenge of making something vegan. Sure. And and to be honest, it might be something I've never eaten, right. the actual meat version, but right. I bet, darn it, I bet I can figure it out or figure out something that tastes pretty good along yeah, the way. Absolutely. I think that's always that's the very interesting thing about vegan cookbooks to me in general. It's always it's more it's about the flavor. I was we did uh, an episode with Miyoko and she's got a meat book coming out. Um, oh cool. And I kind of said, I said, well, why that? And she, and one of her first books, 
She said she said she didn't talk about one of the first vegan cookbooks that she had. She talked about a meat book and like how the meats were seasoned and stuff like that. So she said she never was really a meat eater. She only got into this because it interested her how everything was seasoned and how how you could create those things and how she could then take it to a vegan place. So that's always yeah. like one of the fascinating things about vegan cookbooks from from my perspective. Yeah. Um, and so what's the difference for you? There's got to be benefits to being a have, co-authoring a book and authoring a book. What's like, you know, one upside when you're co-authoring and one upside when you're going about it as a solo venture? Well, when you're writing with someone else, I mean, you could divide the work. Great. Um, you know, uh, and you also, you know, you, you kind of have ideas. You have someone to bounce ideas off of, you know, and you're like, okay, you know, how's this work? How does that work? Sure. How does this, you know, so... So, so that's just, you know, that's pretty much like probably, probably the easiest one to describe, right? Like it's, you're not alone in this. Yeah. The weight you know? isn't all on your shoulders. Right. Right. Um, and on the other hand, when you're doing it solo, you know, it is all you, right? So, so you have like free reign, you know, for better right. or worse, but you know, we're talking about the good part, right? Sure. So, so sure. it's really, it's really yours to completely, you know, like make as you wish, you know, right. it's your voice, you know, in, in, in completeness, you know, it's your, your, your creative vision, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's you, it's, you're the one you have to answer to, you know, at the end of the day. Sure. So, so, you know, and is there more work? Maybe, I don't know. Like, I feel like <laughs> it, they're all, they're all, they're all a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course that makes sense. You know, it's, it's like the, the, the benefit of the teamwork, but then also the benefit of like ha not having to compromise on a certain vision, at least not with the co-author. Um, of course you're compromising in other areas of when you're just trying to, you know, pick and choose your battles with a publisher. But then moving forward, you gave us what I think is sort of a new volume in the vegan encyclopedia collection with vegan eats world, 300 international recipes for savoring the planet. <laughs> um, this is another large book like Veganomicon. How was it, uh, tackling such a large project like that? Uh, it, I, after I did it, I was like, I never want to do something like that again. <laughs> did you know going into it, it was going to be that massive? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I think that like the way I pitched it to my publishers was this like my whole grand opus of international vegan it. food, kind of like taking what I did in, in, in Viva and just, just kind of spinning it out, you know? And again, it's, it's my secret Queens cookbook because I was just really, really always like motivated and super interested in all the different kinds of, you know, markets here, um, learning about the different kinds of like people that live here. Like, I just really loved all that stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, what if I did this? What if I did that? What if I tried to make it this, that, and it, it, it definitely got way bigger than I anticipated. <laughs> it kind of it became this bloated monster. Sure. Um, and and uh, I did all kinds of funny things uh, along the way. Like when I during the editing process, I actually borrowed a technique from a friend of mine who's a, like an independent tabletop game designer who writes <laughs> wrote a shit ton of books around the same time like, like I was. And like I actually got a bunch of friends to help me edit the book. Amazing. Um, it, it, like I'd bring them over and cook for them and we'd go through like various chapters. I'd give people assigned work and they, you know, just to get some more eyeballs on it, even though oh, obviously I, I had an editor to do it. Um, at the end of the day, it was absolutely grueling. Sure. Like 
uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Um, and you know, I think, I think it was definitely, it definitely pushed me in all kinds of like new directions, but, um, it was absolutely exhausting. I, well, I mean, I've, I've got the book in my hands right now because it is one of my favorites um, to cook from and flip through. I'm just going to flip to three different pages and name three different recipes to give people an idea of what we're talking about. Um, we've got here uh, Zen spinach wonton soup, which sounds outstanding. Um, steamed barbecue seitan buns. So is that like seitan inside the bun? Yeah, it's a bao uh. bun. Oh, oh, it says so, right underneath it. Say Tampao. Oh, delicious. There's so many, there's a lot of steps to get there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be real with you though. There's a lot of steps. Right, right. Yeah. I yeah, would yeah. imagine though, of course you have to, to get great things. Sometimes you've got to put the work in Uh tofu and potato adobo stew. I mean, it's just loaded with so many different things. It's such a fantastic book, but I can see how it would be. Um, exhausting yeah. for sure but worth it when it's done such an achievement um and before we're going to talk about show up for salad which is your current book but before that we also had salad samurai which is a hundred cutting edge ultra hearty easy to make salads and after salad samurai you moved into the world of tackling protein with your mm-hmm. book protein ninja um i've actually re- relied on this book when i was doing some working out and I had to like watch my macros and check the protein and everything. Um, and it was great to have on hand. One of my favorites to always go back to was the, um, the rice protein, the, the fluffy rice protein drop biscuits and the, um, the tempeh sausage gravy. Um, I, I, so tasty and, and so easy to make. And, um, there's that question though, the dumb question of, you know, where do you get your protein? Uh, so I imagine that's how this book was sort of born. It's like, well, we're going to show people where we get our protein. Did you have fun sort of tackling that whole thing? Yeah, I was a little bit. So I have to say, I think that book, I think I did it a little bit before it's time. (laughs) Um, if I have to say like, I, so I was really interested at that, at that time in my life. Like I would definitely like, it's so funny. Like we talk about the dessert books. Like I I was already like well away from really making cupcakes. (laughs) I was like, you know, my needs are changing. My life is changing. I I don't feel like I need, I don't really, I'm not like making dessert all the time. You know, I don't, I really like to me getting back to like more healthy basics. And part of that was like, okay. And there was this kind of thing going on with like lots of protein. Um, I feel like it's still around, but maybe not quite as, quite apparent or quite needed in like what's going on with people are thinking about food now. But I was really interested in this idea of cooking with like protein powders. And by that, I mean like hemp protein, right? Um, rice protein and, um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember, not soy protein, but like, but simple unflavored, like how can we put them in cookies? I think I wanted an excuse to eat healthy cookies and also like biscuits and like, how can we just sneak little bits of like these things into you know, our, our treats and into things like burgers. Um, and I, I think it was, it was pretty much my, maybe my most out there book in some ways, because I was like, I really want to just try what it's like to actually cook with these things and make food with these things rather than like, if these are part of your life, you know, and you want to not just have another smoothie, like, what can we do? What yeah. can we do to make these like into like fun 
interesting, tasty treats. Well, but that's why I got it. And that's why I love it. Because um, there's I think there's only really a couple other vegan protein books out there. And this is by far the best one. Um, and I love it for that reason that you sort of you played with these powders in different ways that nobody had really done before, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if anyone will. <laughs> I feel like at the time, like people are like, Whoa, what are we doing? You know, what's this? I don't understand. So I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It definitely was out there. Um, I mean, I love salad samurai. If I want to talk about salads, can I talk about salad? Samurai Absolutely. Yeah. We're kind of going to go into the whole salad of it all anyway. So go for right. it. So I think that book, that book is special to me because like, I guess I, it's my, my cookbooks are my, if my cookbooks are my kids, that one is the perfect child. It's your, is it also your favorite child? It's, it may, it might still be. <laughs> it's the child that like was perfectly born perfect. Yep. Gave me no pain. Yep. I got gotcha. no pain. Like the whole, <laughs> like, you know, after like, let's say like, you know, vegan eats world was a grueling Oof. experience and like, and like in the other books, you know, we had their ups and downs, but this one just flowed out of my hands, like out of that. my brain and, and onto my, I was like, literally at that time I'd, I'd started working at Kickstarter when I was working on a book and I was commuting to work, sitting on the subway with my iPad and typing out recipes on my commute. Oh my and goodness. they just flowed out of me. Like, and it would almost, and the editing was like, like probably the least amount, like the minimal, like they just, things just happened with that book. I love that. The photography, like doing the photos with, uh, with my photographer were like, was super fun and energetic. And I loved all that. Like, I don't know why it's never happened again, Dustin. I love the photos <laughs> in this book too. Hey, never say never. It could still happen again, but I, I'm, I'm feeling you and I get what you're saying. Are this these... book was so easy for me. It was I... just like easy. It I just... get you. Are these your hands in happened. the, in the book too? Are these your hands in the photos? There are many of my hands. In the I photos. love it. I love it. Oh, well, I'm glad that you've had that. Your little, your perfect book. I love that. My so perfect much. child is that book. <laughs> uh, well, so that's, Salad Samurai and the sequel to that is then show up for salad. Is it sort of maybe is is it along the lines of another perfect book? Did it come out as easily or or how do you no, feel about that? No, it definitely <laughs> didn't. It definitely it definitely was this one, I think at this point in my life, in my in my yeah, I was like, okay, I really I have to do this other book. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm under contract. I have right. to do another sure. book. I got you. And yep. It's gotta happen. And honestly, my life now has turned into eating salads and simpler foods. I love and, that. You know, like I've gotten away from like the, the three and a half hour uh, bao bun recipe, <laughs> you know, I'll make it again someday. Sure. But to something that like more everyday food, cause people do ask uh, still and like, you know, all throughout the years, like what, what, what can I make every day? Like people, they just, a lot of people, you know, they, they want special foods and like special occasion foods and interesting foods, but they also want stuff and they what they can do every day. And well, I'm like, that are practical. Yeah, for sure. I eat salad, you know, because I want to I, I go out for vegan pizza or whatever. And like, well, I actually make a lot of pizza. That's a lie. But like, I, I um, do too. <laughs> yeah, but like they're the treats. They're the things you go out for or sure. maybe buy. And then like when it comes to every day, like tonight, I'm having a big salad tonight. And you it'll know? be so good, right? The best part is when you finally go into the salad world and you're in it, you like you crave those big salads. Mm hmm. 
Well, I love a salad. The thing I love too about both of these books for years, vegans have just been, you know, exclaiming with frustration. We eat more mm-hmm. than salad. You know, we don't eat just salad. And personally, that always kind of annoyed me because I was like, well, what the heck's wrong with salad? Like, it's delicious. And it might not be all yeah. we eat, but like, I do love the art of crafting like a satisfying, flavorful bowl of like vegan proteins and veggies. So yep. I thank you for these books. Two books on salad because essentially that's how you're eating. Like, I mean, these books are sort of chronicling if you go through these 10 it's like what you were doing back when you started to what you're sort of eating now then yeah i think everything i've written especially with something like as demanding and you know as a cookbook it has to reflect what i'm actually doing and and living and how i'm living you know and i think earlier on it was a lot of exploratory stuff and now that i've kind of you know i guess i know what i what, what i do more and who i am more um, it's a lot more of like, well, this is what I need right, right. now. I, I, I need these, I need salad. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I've got to have it. And you're not shy. I love that you're, you're not shy of hemp seeds either in the, in, in all of your books, but in this one, you've got your dressing chapter starts out with, uh, dressings for, uh, hemp Caesar dressing and a hemp tarragon dressing, a creamy Italian hemp dressing, a horseradish hemp dressing. Uh, what draws you to the hemp seed? Um, so I was thinking of like, you know, creamy dressings, like I do a lot of vinaigrettes to be honest, like, you know, on the go, but I was like, you know what? I really, hemp seeds are really interesting. Uh, you know, the sustainability aspect is kind of cool and, you know, saying hemp is awesome. Um, but also like they have lots of healthy fat and, um, I, you know, as I started playing with them and using them more and more, I'm like, this has a lot of what, you know, creates a great base a creamy, light, substantial base loaded with good fats. And like, it's funny, like, I think my earlier, like, you know, like eight years ago, like so many of my recipes were low fat. Now everything has fat. Um, so, <laughs> so like everything does, we, we like fat now. And I think that's good, but healthy fat. Yeah. And that was uh, embracing the healthy all. fat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I actually haven't made dressings with hemp seeds. I make a Parmesan cheese with hemp seeds, but I'm going to have to dive in here and make some dressing. Do they, do you need, you, you must, you have to have like a high speed blender for it to work, right? Or can you have a standard blender and just a little extra liquid in it? Or how's that go with those? You know, I've been using, I have both like a Blendtec, sure. um, that, 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 you know, hardcore use it every day kind of person. But I also have used regular um, immersion blenders as well. Oh, great. When we talk about, um, the dressing element of it right now. And I listed those. What's a, what's a favorite dressing that you have in show up for salad? Oh man. I think the one I get hooked on, uh, some of the dressings, the one I've been making in the hemp seed family a lot is the creamy Italian, which I call like the mall dressing, like the Sabaro dressing, um, <laughs> which is essentially like a ranchy kind of thing. But then you throw in red pepper flakes yeah. and you use olive oil. And it's it's just really like substantial and tasty and pretty. And it's just great. AKA um, the mall dressing. I love that. The, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the pizza mall dressing. Yeah, I like, immediately I, know what that is when you say that. I'm like, yep, got it. Yeah, that get kind of nostalgic with dressings. Like I explored, sure. you know, a better way to make a French dressing, a Catalina dressing, you know, um, and then like spins of like, well, we've got ranch, but what about, you know, Sriracha cilantro ranch? Sure. You know, like just, you know, updates on kind of yeah. the, the classic uh, 
you know, American style dressings. You jazz them up a little bit. And you got a lot of uh, like great sh- uh, sheet pan quickies in here with uh, beet prosciutto and roasted niswa salad. Um, I love sheet pan cooking personally. What's one of your favorite sheet pan options from show up for salad or you've got them in salad samurai as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, we, for, for show up for salad, uh, like uh, Vanessa, my photographer, and I, we, like, we, we kind of were going, like, what can we do new with these photos? And, and, and this idea of, like, let's take photos of salads on sheet pans came up. So there's a lot of styling on sheet pans and this idea of serving <laughs> a big salad on a sheet pan. Um, and I have to say, like, one of my favorite sheet pan salads is, I know, is this the thing? I really don't know. But um, for us, for a hot second, we actually had a sizzle pie in Brooklyn. Do you know that it's like a it's like a rest it's like a pizza chain. I have Seattle. heard of it. Yeah, and they have some vegan. They have like usually like a good like three or four like vegan pizzas sure. on order. But they have they do a salad on a pizza pan that's like a classic oh, right. like you know like iceberg lettuce with like some kind of vegan ranch and like, you know, bako bits yep, and like, it's course. like, it's all that stuff. And it's like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. But when you have it together on a pizza pan at sizzle pie, it's somehow great. <laughs> it's like, and I was like, this is kind of awesome. Then- you know, like, putting salads on a pan. I love it. And then you went there with it too. I mean, that's sort of the best thing getting inspired by those things out in the world and putting them into your books and, you know, just lighting up the pages with the things that sort of spark joy for you in the food world. I feel like, um, I made the charred broccoli, potato and root bacon salad, honey. Oh yeah. It's so good. I'm a sucker for potatoes. The root bacon recipe was super easy and I love charred broccoli. So it literally had like Mm -hmm. all of my favorite things, but what about you? What are three of your all time favorite salads? You can pick from show up for salad and oh samurai God. salad if you want because i really oh. i love that you love i love your love of salad like i truly do so much so <laughs> that you wrote two books on it so i am curious what are like maybe like two from each so that we don't play favorites even though you've already said what your favorite is but if you i know us- but 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 this is good you're actually it's good i actually have these at my at my fingertips i do so too i do I too could, I, could, I could tell you what's up i love so Give, um, let's start with salad samurai we're gonna start with salad samurai give us a couple favorites from there and then we okay. can show up for salad okay all right drum roll please <laughs> so um from good old salad samurai uh the good old the deconstructed tempeh reuben salad mm-hmm. uh i don't know what the actual name of it is i'm gonna have to like like go through here but that one is just great. Like I really, you know, tempeh Rubens, I feel like are a, like a vegan classic now, but this is essentially like a big pile of that kind of great tempeh with a Russian style dressing Mm. and on a mix of cabbage and sauerkraut. I was just going to say, where's the sauerkraut? All right, good. Mm. It's it's in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. It's, it's represented. Oh, Um, it's the tempeh Rubenesque salad. Yes. See, I got you. You can tell us about it and I'll flip through and get the titles for you. Yeah. Oh man. Now I'm going through, it's like, Oh my, my, my perfect child. I'm remembering now I'm seeing some of the recipes that I really love in here. Oh, Terry, it Um, looks so good. This picture is gorgeous too. Yeah. It's a, it's a, Winter salad. Oh so if you gosh, need something I'm on the party, this. This you can make so it now. Good. It's okay to make it in summer. <laughs> Thank you for the permission. It's, Thank goodness. It's it's okay to do that. But <laughs> as far as summer salads go, because here we are, it's summer. 
Um, I highly recommend for everyone once the corn really uh, gets kicking. Sure. Uh, the East West roasted corn salad. Oh, I'm gonna Super make- easy. It's actually one of these hearty like salads that you can kind of pack up for lunch. Not, wait, no one goes anywhere anymore. It's not like anyone's well, going to the office. Nobody's allowed to go anywhere anymore, but yes, when you <laughs> yes. can. When you can. Or, or, or you would just make a big batch of it and then eat it throughout the week. Yes. Um, but this one has roasted corn, cilantro, uh, some like some lemongrass tofu in it, a, sira- a sriracha e dressing. It's creamy, it's crunchy. It's uh, it's got all the things. My um, husband loves corn. I'm gonna make this one for him. That's great. And I got to say, the one that I actually a go to for me, I'm actually gonna do three recipes. Absolutely, here, go for it. I love it. Is is the good old uh, the BKT, the bacon kale tomato bowl, mm-hmm. is one is a regular weeknight thing. Like That's I do great. some variation on it all the time. It it's always good. It's always yummy. Well, um, and don't every- you feel good about that? That you actually, you still continue to make something from one of like, it's that thing of like, oh, like, I don't know. That's just such an authentic thing for me when someone says that they're like, I make this one all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you shared it with us and you make it all the time. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In all honesty, when you've done like a decade of cookbooks, there's a lot of recipes you don't really make anymore. Sure. Sure. <laughs> You're like, oh, that was nice. Well, yep. I'll get around to it someday, and yep. then you never. Um, you mean you're not making cupcakes and cookies every night anymore? <laughs> every night, like exact all the. Uh, I hated hate cleaning frosting. I, I do too. Oh my gosh, it's one of my it's, least favorite things. It's it's like the worst. So I don't miss that. Um, but but going now to uh, the the newer newer sister show up for salad currently available the most recent the most recent uh out there for you right now for your salad making needs um one of the ones i love which is kind of like a more fancier version of kind of another go-to weeknight meal meal for me is spicy cucumber and curry tofu salad with sticky rice amazing so this is inspired by like by southeast southeast asian dishes um that feature you know like 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 just these simple cucumber garlicky salads that you eat with like a like a little handful or a little pinch of like sticky rice. Uh, but this one has also stuff like tofu in it, uh, lemongrass tofu and peanuts and all kinds of good stuff. It sounds um, it's, literally light and hearty at the same time. Like light, yeah. but I'm going to be satisfied at the same time. Yeah, I really kind of wish I was making that tonight. <laughs> Your I dinner mean, plans change like just four times in the next in the conversation in the next. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, where can I? No, no, gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta stick to the plan. Oh, gotta stick it. to the plan. Um, so this one I actually made for a. Uh, it was like kind of a, a pop up one quickie thing I did at Orchard Grocery. Oh great! Um, this, this is this is sort of a, a more embellished version of it. Is buffalo tofu, butternut squash, and kale bowl. Oh. More kale bowls, gosh, guys. <laughs> um, so this is like a kind of folly tasting, but it has roasted hazelnuts in it, mm. roasted squash, uh, kale. It's got like a like buffalo tofu, um, which is you know. So it's got a spicy, sweet going on, hardiness. So that is uh, that's pretty great. Gosh. I gotta say, and and also the 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 kind of sizzle pie, uh, you know platter salad like pizza salad is uh sort of the inspiration for the sriracha sriracha ranch salad party we'll eat up these names anyway so that's a cr- another crazy recipe 
that uh, that essentially is inspired by kind of you know pizza restaurants. I love that, and uh, kind of like the idea of pizza and salad, which. I love Which together. Is a fantastic. And I'm going to tell people too and show up for salad. You've got a whole section on croutons y'all if um you know if yeah. you can't get your hands now we have kelly's croutons which are absolutely tasty and delicious but for the longest time there really wasn't like a vegan crouton out there um and the cool thing about croutons is they're super super easy to make but then when you get a book like this that gives you all these great ideas like cheesy crispy croutons and herb cornbread crunch like so good no oil chia crunch croutons like just options galore like you nailed it yeah essentially this is another a la carte book i think uh most of my books now are all like just pick and choose sure choose your own adventure well and what would you like to tell everyone about the love of salad crafting any words of wisdom (laughs) when it comes to saladry wow uh be your own salad artist yeah um i would say like just try new things go for like a combination of hearty don't be afraid to make the biggest salad you can. Yes. And and yeah, just 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 go for it. You, you know, know, I love that advice. One of the things I get bothered with with meal prep when I'm making a salad is I'm like, this is too small. Like I want to have all the vegetables in here, not just like a small amount of vegetables. Right. So that's why limit yourself? Advice. Yeah, why limit yourself to a tiny prep container? I need to skip up from the 24 ounces to the like 32. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, so you heard it. Make yourself a hearty, huge salad. You can do that. Of course, you can get crafty, but a good place to start is with either of these books, Salad Samurai or Show Up for Salad. So everyone go buy them. Uh, The current release, Show Up for Salad from Terry Hope Romero. And of course, any of her other books, they're always welcomed addition to any cookbook library. And now we get to the end here where I like to uh, ask you to give me a book brag. Book brag! So you can tell me, this is your moment to brag and just say either something, you know, that you're Ooh. proud of or that you've learned of it can be um, something you're extremely proud of in terms of the current book show up for salad or overall with your, I mean, you've written so many, it's so amazing. And you know, something that you're, you're super proud of when it comes mm. to the books. I guess when it comes to the books, it's like, uh, I, I, here's a thing, here's a thing that's going to, you know, go out into the world, um, hopefully help people out, uh, hopefully inspire them. Uh, I got to say, like the the sheer amount of work is is I'm proud of, you yeah. know, like the like yeah. the, the sheer amount of like sticking to deadlines and kind of cranking it out and and writing it when you you feel not stoked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when you're not inspired and things are just not going your way and you've got another job, full time job to do, like <sighs> like like pretty much pretty much all these books have been created in you know with a lot of other stuff going on in life um you know not always the best stuff either so so getting it out there and doing it um is is a is a big deal yeah you know so so kudos to anyone else that's ever you know managed to to get to get one book out you know just even just one sometimes you hear someone who's like oh well i had a year to write the book and it's it's all i did and i just i'm like what world are you in that's fantastic (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
That's definitely worth a book brag. That's a lot of work that you've put into this. Um, and you have certainly been an inspiration to me. And I want to go back to you saying you thinking the protein book was ahead of its time, because the cool thing about books, and especially yours, because they're going to remain in print, because people love your books. Um, that protein book is going to, if it was ahead of its time, well, then now it's going to be in its time, or it's going to be in a time when it's meant to be, because you really did a cool thing with that. 100 years from now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But hey, you know. Well, now we're going to hit your baker's dozen of rapid fire questions questions. We're going to round things out with that. Are you ready? Uh, No, but that's why we're going to do it. (laughs) That's why it's the most fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. So here we go. Number one, waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Fantastic. And pancakes. (laughs) Food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Oh, tiny spoons all the way. Oh, I love that. Uh, Favorite kitchen tool? Uh, Salad spinner. There we go. That's the perfect answer for you. Hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Oh, hot sauce, I think. Yeah. yeah. And what's on your nightstand right now? Let's get personal. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Went um, right from food into your bedroom. So sorry about that. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. It's, uh, okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a disc of wood that, okay. uh, that, that I got at a farmer's market in Ithaca. It was like these like old hippies were sitting there and they were literally selling nothing but pieces of wood. <laughs> And I was like, wow, I should buy something from these people. And it's literally just like a nice, nicely polished disc of wood. And now it's your, it's it's pretty. your, your dream companion. It's fantastic. Right. Yes. Well, number six is your first job in food. Was it that restaurant job? Oh, was it that restaurant job? I think that terrible. Jo- no, what? no, it wasn't. I, um, I actually think before that I worked as a, okay, this is also going back in time. Uh, there's this <laughs> fancy food show that's been going on in New York city, like for 20, 30, 40 years the, what, or something. The food and wine or what? It, it's or like, is it's it like the a fancy specialty food, food show. Isn't it called specialty fancy, food show? a specialty food show? Okay. Right. And of course it didn't happen this year. You know, course, it's like the first course. time in its history of whatever, but way back in the nineties, um, my first job in food, I got through that, that cooking, uh, course school whatever it is i want to know what that was so bad i need to look it up because i don't remember what it was called for the life of me but um i got a job as a demo girl as i like i joined i was part of something called food temps and my job was to show up and hand out samples and cook for people at like at like a trade show in a trade show so like a brand you were like handing out the samples and you knew the information you were the the demo demo gal i was the demo girl and i've done that i've done a bunch of those but i think one of my my first actual food related gig was being a demo the demo gal for a pasta company and they gave me they mailed me like like 40 pounds of pasta and i had to cook it at like in brooklyn at like my then boyfriend's like mom's house and haul it to the Javits Center in like a suitcase oh where I would then proceed. I put on my chef's outfit and stand there and like kind of like heat up the pasta yep. in like a grill pan and then hand out little cups of it to people like executives walking around, you, you know, know, looking for the next big pasta. <laughs> it's the next big pasta thing. And you had it. The pasta gal had it. It's funny what we do in New York. I live in Atlanta now. We moved here in the fall. And um, oh. the things that like... I remember doing in terms of like carrying stuff around New York to get it to places. It's insane. I did a a gig like that with Tofurky. And I remember I made everything in my tiny kitchen. Then I showed up to do these demos. It was crazy. Um, But anyway, this is not my rapid fire. It's yours. Seven. What's your favorite spice to cook with? 
Um, um, oh my gosh. No, I should come up with this really fast. <laughs> There's too many. Uh, I got to say good old red pepper. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um, if you could live in any country, where would you live? Jeez, Louise. Uh, I think I would live like, uh, maybe like in like Costa Rica. I've never been there, oh, but it I sounds really that. nice. It does sound And there's nice. sloths. Especially right now. Uh, yeah. Did you say, and there's sloths? Yeah. What is your most used emoji on your cell phone? Uh, you know, I think it's like the, the boom, Oh, you know, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. boom, <laughs> yeah, boom. Uh, what have you been binge watching? Oh my gosh. Oh, it's been a, a, a terrible time of binge watching. Well, cause um, you've I think probably run out. We're at the end. Well, not the, oh gosh, fingers crossed end of the pandemic, but I mean, we're in the middle of the pandemic. I think people are like, do you have anything I should watch? What should I watch? So what, what have you been binge watching? Uh, where to begin? I think what we do in the shadows is a pretty, pretty great thing to binge watch great. to the point where like, there's not enough of this. Yeah. Damn it. And what is a song? <laughs> First of all, if, do you sing karaoke? Have you done karaoke? Are you not a karaoke person? <laughs> I'm not really a karaoke person, so, but I have done it. Great. It's happened well, to me. So either what's a song you sing at karaoke or what's the song you would sing at karaoke if you were a karaoke person? Um, okay. I can definitely do Dust in the Wind. Fantastic. Because it is just so sappy. Don't sing We Are the World. <laughs> whatever you do because that song goes on for so long and it's what, awkward are you saying that like, from experience yes oh i love don't, that don't do it oh that's amazing well you can wipe the sweat off your brow because we're on the last question as a child okay what did you want to be when you grew up i wanted to be a i think a movie director oh i love that for you i think i i was just like you know grew up on like spielberg movies and i was like wow that would be so cool well, that's great. I mean, you've done stuff on camera, so part of that has come true. And as you're doing food stuff, you're sort of directing yourself half the time. So you've certainly done a great job of that. What? Um, and and speaking in terms of video, when going way back, that was the end of your rapid fire. Good job. Now I'm just asking Oof. you, going back to the video question we had before, is there anything in the works for video stuff in the future or just kind of hoping uh, that that's going to be something you have time for? No, there is nothing the works however i have to say it's like you read my mind it's like you appeared <laughs> it's like you opened the locker of my heart and saw that, that i really plan. that i really i would love to do a video again um i have as you know i've done it before and it's a it's a grueling it's it's grueling in a different kind of way sure and and it's something it's not a solo project necessarily but but having watched now the thing i binge watch probably to be honest is a lot of YouTube and a lot of like backpacking videos. Okay. Um, I'm a hiker. I go out in the woods a lot, probably more than ever before, really when I can. And I watch a crap ton of backpacking videos and I love it. And it's really kind of a lot of solo work. It's a lot of like, I'm going to put my camera up here and then go back and hike up the trail. And it looks like you've seen me, you know, I mean, I could, I I've think I've never that's even kind seen of, those. That sounds amazing. There's a ton of them out there. Ton of people to tell you about like where to hike, what to expect, your gear. I love it. I love it. And there's of course tons of food about like well, what to prepare on the trail, making your own dehydrated meals. I could totally, I love it so much. I could totally, I'm getting like an itch. I'm getting an itch. I can hear Dustin. the excitement in your voice. Well, I'm curious now yeah. though, and I know you're taking a pause from books, but have you thought of doing a backpacking cookbook then? I mean, 
The funny thing is, I yes, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a proud, uh, uh, right now there is a, a, I'm proud to say there is 12 pounds of soy curls uh, <laughs> that is going to become mostly jerky. And I all love kinds it. of flavors Just of jerky. Right. So, so let's say, obviously, I do think of that. I do think of food. Um, and I would need to think about it because the thing is, like, honestly, when it comes, when push comes to shove, when you're out on the trail and you've been like hiking for like a good eight hours or 10 hours or whatever, or you're just whatever, a long day in the woods, you kind of, everything tastes good. Sure. Sure. <laughs> everything, everything tastes great. You just, you know? anything, just give me anything. Give me anything. Give me jerky. Give me like, I'll, I'll rehydrate like, right. you know, these, these mashed potatoes. They're great. <sighs> so, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, I feel like meals should be kind of simple, but at the same time, there is a need for that. I think there's a lot of like, a lot of, I think more people like traditionally, like I think a lot of people bought these like terrible, terrible pre-dried meals, not a lot of vegan options. And I think there's definitely a, the kind of backpacker that would be like, well, you know, and I know they're out there that they like to cook. Of they like nutritious meals. They of want course. meals that like, you know, like I have a dehydrator, you know what I mean? A lot right. of them do. So it's a more, definitely more niche. It's definitely probably the, probably more niche than than protein ninja. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I could, I, I could see myself you know, like kind of geeking out on like fun things to, to make on the trail. You well, know, and prep at home. I certainly look forward to more videos to come and I have a fee though you're taking a break we haven't seen the last in the book world because um you're just such a gift to the vegan community and of course uh with books you're a gift to us and um just as a supportive compassionate human being you've always been amazing so i thank you and since we don't have cookbooks or, or have phone books since we don't have phone books no. nobody has a phone book anymore nope. tell everyone Sorry. where they can find you on the interwebs and on social media all right so i am super lazy on social but uh <laughs> i think i think instagram you know terry hope on Instagram is probably the way to go. Also my website, vegan Latina, another like very uh, lazy website. Um, that's another place you can find me. Fantastic. And all, all the books are wherever books are sold. Of course, know. of They're course, all, everywhere books are sold. Places, so. And the yeah. current one is show up for salad, of course, but then of course you want to get its first perfect baby sister, um, sal <laughs> or older sister rather, Salad Samurai, yes. big sister, I should say, Salad Samurai, yeah. and all of the other books that Terry Hope Romero has to offer everywhere books are sold, veganlatina.com and Terry Hope, you said on um, mm -hmm. Instagram. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dustin. This was fun. Enjoy some salad. <laughs> <laughs> What a treat, y'all. A snack, if you will. A little snack. Just love her. A little, uh, what'd you say? A little vegan treat. A little vegan treat. She's a little, she's a little vegan Halloween treat. David, I mean, she's been writing cookbooks for over a decade. Are you okay if I keep writing cookbooks for the next decade? Mm. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I Listen, I mean, it always fifth. keeps us fed, but often there's sure. too much food in the house. I mean, Terry is iconic when I think of the vegan world and cookbooks. Truly, and, and just so cool, and, and just seeing how, how iconic she is. Um, in the world and how she took time to help you when you were starting out with your Kickstarter, you know, or Kickstarters, plural. Oh my plus. gosh. Yeah. Uh, we did have three. We did have three. Uh, um, and I love, I love, I love that you are connected to those people that support each other in the vegan community. There's oh my gosh. not competition. It's, it's a community. Community versus competition. Listen, 100. though you're saying three Kickstarters, I'm realizing if we've survived three Kickstarters, we're like a superhero couple. 
That's true. Kickstarters are insane, y'all. Raise your hand if you've done a Kickstarter. David, you were the best through all those. I was a monster. Monster. <laughs> but hey, they were all cute, successful. Cute little monster, but all <laughs> successful. That's true. That is true. And not without that support from the vegan community and beyond, you were just speaking of, when it comes to support, hey, we need yours. Yes, 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 yes. And it's that time for a couple more weeks. Uh, we are going to have that giveaway uh, still open. What? There's a giveaway? What? There sure is. Oh. Listeners, one of 20 vegan cookbooks could be yours. One of 20, including a copy of Terry's book, Show Up for Salad, that we talked about today. It's easy to enter. Just go over to Keep On Cooking Podcast on Apple Podcast. That's Keep On Cooking Podcast at Apple Podcast and rate, review, and subscribe, and you are entered in the raffle to win a free cookbook. Exactly. So we that's that's it. So we that's yeah, all that's I it. have to do. We oh, that uh, is amazing. <laughs> ah! I, I did not think I uh, would be able to do that. You guys, he's so totally he's for hire. My actor husband hamburger. For hire. <laughs> that's how I always got into Gosh. my French accent. Hamburger, like how you like geared vegan it up? hamburger. That's how you geared it up. Well, sometimes like, with get... like dialects, if you like have a word, that, but like, like that is that what that was? I, you I like... mean, uh, it's a really bad French accent. Hamburger. That's very um, well. It keeps getting very pink, like pink panther. Oh, yeah. I mean. But anyway, um, it's cute but to me. before we wrap, wrap things up and talk for forever um <laughs> what what is dustin's dish oh, this week dustin's dish what a dish mm. here we go dish cauliflower it. rice and beyond y'all the world Ooh. has fallen in love with cauliflower cauliflower <laughs> cauliflower rice i know we have honestly in this yes. house we get a thing of cauliflower we uh, pulse it all up and we we usually make cauliflower fried rice but we've done cauliflower risotto there's actually a cauliflower risotto in my next cookbook quick uh epic vegan quick and easy but honestly you can use a lot of vegetables to create a veggie rice i like to use broccoli or even carrots uh even the stalk of a broccoli so not just the broccoli heads you can really make use that of way the broccoli you don't waste stalks. It. totally it's a great way to use up your broccoli stalks uh simply cut into pieces and then put in a food processor and pulse until you get a rice-like consistency or you can use a cheese grater and grate the veggies on the side of it. But try other vegetables, just like vegetable pasta. Veggie is veggie rice isn't strictly for cauliflower. It's a trial and error. If you have a veggie you like, you want to see if you can make rice out of it, I say go for it. Play yeah. with your food. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I personally tested all of these. Um, and you made a, a burrito bowl a couple weeks ago with carrot rice that was so I tasty. I sure did. And it was carrots. And I used, uh, what's that sauce we got? Someone sent us that sauce. I think it's called... Oh. They've got a Kickstarter going on. Speaking of, this is the Kickstarter episode, but I want to give them a shout out because, so I'm scrolling on my Instagram right now. It's called Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce. Uh, and it's sort of that? a, uh, so B-U-R-N-Y, Wild's, W-I-L-D-S, Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce. They have a Kickstarter going on right now. Um, and it's like a creamy hot sauce. Uh, but it wasn't too hot. It was like no. just the right amount. It was almost like a, a spicy sour cream. Um, so they sent us some samples. We used it on this burrito bowl we made with uh, veggie rice. And it was super, super tasty. Super They've tasty. got a Kickstarter going on right now. So I suggest you go kick it. Check it out. Check it out. It's it out. Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce. It's Delicioso. And I like stuff like that because it's like it's an easy addition because you don't have to like make something else. Oh, the sauce? 
You, it's just like in this little squirt Listen, bottle. Listen, you just and I love sauce, squirt. and we make them from scratch all the time. But when we had that little bottle in the house, we tore through it because we loved it, loved it, loved it. And then you put it with something like the rice, the veggie rice. You're getting all the, like, you don't have the carbs or the calories to deal with. And you got a nice tasty uh, sauce on top of it. It's delicious. Who needs the carbs and calories? You just got to play with your veggies, everyone. Play with your veggies. Yeah, you heard it here. Play with your veggies. But be gentle yet firm. Uh, be sure to check out theveganroadie.com for more recipes from Dustin and follow him on on socials at theveganroadie. I was waiting for a dot com. I don't know why, but he's right. Dot com, it's just no. on socials at the vegan roadie. And follow, how does that work? And follow my dear sweet love, David, on Instagram oh, at drosetti. That's at D-R-O-S-S-E-T-T-I. Thanks for joining us this week. Join us next Tuesday for a brand new episode. Keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production.